We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show. It's a great day to have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the KCSN Draft Show. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Tucker Franklin on this draft hangover Monday. Hope y'all out there aren't nearly as tired as we are, but that's not going to stop us from talking a little draft grades. And now that the news came out just a little bit ago about Jerick McKinnon, yeah. we'll react to that as well. Uh, but with those NFL draft grades, Tucker, we know those are about as important as mock drafts. We all look at them, but we know it's just kind of an exercise and figuring out what the pre-draft grades were. And then if it matches what you did, you like the draft. And if it didn't match what you liked and you didn't like it, but still interesting to go through these nonetheless. They're like my grades in school. I pick and choose the one that I wanted to talk about and ones <laughs> I wanted to see. So uh, I think that uh, I'm excited to talk about these. I've already looked at 2024 mock drafts. I've already started looking ahead to the next draft. But before we get too far out of ourselves, we have to see what people think of this year's draft for the KCG. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's actually, before we talk about the draft, let's talk a little Jarek McKinnon. Let's do it. Uh, and for anybody that's tuning in right now, we appreciate it. We know we didn't really promote this episode. We just go live um, because go live to tape anyway. We're really doing post-production editing, so it doesn't hurt anything uh, to go live. But if you are watching, we appreciate it if you hit that like and subscribe button. Channel my inner Kent Swanson. There you go. I'm going to bring up uh, liking and subscribing as much as we can. It helps the channel, helps grow, helps us reach more people. And we appreciate it. And we appreciate everybody. Could throw this out there too. Throughout draft weekend and leading in the few days leading up to the draft, we were able to raise $9,131 for the Therese Paler Memorial Scholarship through Power Mizzou, which goes to support and give scholarships to minority students who are going to the journalism school at the University of Missouri, something that Therese would have absolutely loved. Shout out to Gabe DeArmin for starting this thing uh, and starting that scholarship and Ebony Reed for her communication and her uh, just desire and willingness to continue to honor Therese, somebody that we all had different relationships with, but everybody respected him um, at every every stop of the way. So uh, thank you, everybody who donated. Uh, it was a blessing for us to be able to use this platform that we've had for almost two years now uh, to give back and to, to honor and, and support uh, a good friend um, of so many people that I'm sure out there listening and that uh, the cover of the team and cover the NFL draft. But Tucker, before we get into the draft grades, let's talk a little Jarek McKinnon. Not a huge surprise. Um, that Jarek McKinnon, you know, was always connected as far as his 
uh, willingness or his ability to be re-signed and come back to the Chiefs. There are reasons why you wait till after the draft, comp pick formula, depending upon the contract uh, that's signed. If you wait till after the draft, any player that's signed, that dollar amount doesn't mess up your compensatory pick formula. Uh, I think it's great move, bring him back. We knew what you know what he's meant to this team at different points. He was the MVP of the season yeah. uh, for the Chiefs, and I think it's a solid pickup. Everybody, I think, is going to be on board with this one. Very much so. I had a, a several actually conversations about Jarek McKinnon. We were out at the uh, the party at Holiday Distillery uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. A lot of people asking me about Jarek McKinnon, what I thought about him. And, you know, the Chiefs, you know, they do sign some UDFAs to play running back. That obviously doesn't mean that there's not a role for Jarek McKinnon. I remember last year the Chiefs had four running backs, maybe even five running backs in camp. So they had a lot of running backs going into camp and guys that could compete for a spot. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of going on uh, kind of, Dramatically, I saw Clyde Edwards there tweet out a heartbreak emoji and then deleted it, and people have been speculating around that and everything. So there's a lot going on in that running back room, what can happen. But bring Jerk Binkenden back, have a veteran presence in there, have a guy that did a lot for the Chiefs last year. That offensive run, the Chiefs were able to tick our offense because of Jerk Binkenden. So that's really big. I think that's huge uh, for this team to have a guy back who can do it and, you know, and it's proven it. Yeah, I think the other thing with the running back position that I think Brett Veach addressed during his presser earlier today, based on the comments that we saw coming from social media, was about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and saying that mm-hmm. I believe he said he was the first person he saw in the building and that Clyde's going mm-hmm. to be, you know, an important piece or, you know, he's going to be, you know, they're excited about what Clyde's going to be able to do this year. And, and I know you and I have talked about it uh, contractually and, and people, and I think I saw C. Harrison uh, Carrington put this out. It was like he almost just fell out of favor in the trust of Chiefs Twitter, um, which isn't necessarily reflection always of how the yeah. organization feels but to cut Clyde Edwards Elaire and I don't have the numbers in front of me but to cut Clyde Edwards Elaire you don't save a ton of money and to, to replace him would cost you significantly more than keeping him and cutting him or excuse me cutting him in the dead money cap so you've got a motivated player who's been banged up hasn't lived up to expectations but is every bit motivated to turn it around and that's a valuable thing to have for a team and for Brett Veach in the in the running back room uh, to be able to get Clyde at his absolute best, absolute motivated uh, to go out there and play and, and be a backup to Isaiah Pacheco, which isn't necessarily what he wants to be, but the best way that he can turn it around is to go out there and work his tail off in a system that he's comfortable with. Uh, and for the Chiefs, it, the cost to replace is going to be significantly more than keeping him. And so I think it makes sense to keep him. I've said that for a long time. That wasn't going to make sense uh, to get rid of him based on the, the financial side of this. And running back such a position, too. I bring up that stat that I, I need to do more research on the stat because it's a couple of years old, but running backs miss over two games a season. A starting running back usually does. So to have more guys like running back by committee is probably the best way to do it, to have a lot of guys on there. But you brought up his contract. I looked it up real quick on Spot Track. Mm-hmm. His cap hit this year is $3.4 million. Mm-hmm. Dead cap is two point five. So yeah. at that point, you're saving a million dollars, less than a million dollars. It's There's no point in trying and cutting him, a guy that already knows the system, a guy who's been around for three years already i know he has been healthy for a full season in those three years uh but hopefully you know he can find a role and produce in that role not every guy is going to be a, a all pro not every guy is going to be um a pro bowler but if you guys have have him contribute in the way that he can contribute oh by isaiah pacheco just that running back room and the way they had it going last year with Jarek mckinnon and, yeah. and isaiah pacheco and, and clyde chipping him when he could that was good like that's what you want to see from a running back room and and i'm very excited to see uh what what can what can be this year? Because I think all eyes will be on that row. I think that's going to be the most uh, the position the position that people are paying the most attention to. I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think anybody going in, I know uh, 
Denair Prince, kid that they signed as a yeah. drafted free agent. Yeah. They gave him a good amount. Of, I think it's like two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars guaranteed, which for UDFA he's going to make. He's on the practice squad. He's on the team. He's yep. going to be around. Uh, but more, more competition. Great guys to that room. We know what Jarek McKinnon can do. Uh, I'm excited to see what Clyde can do. I might be in the mi- minority there, uh, but I'm excited to see what a talented player can do, motivated, um, trying to turn his career around and prove that he can play in this. And this would be a huge season for him. All right, let's pivot here and let's talk a little draft grades. Uh, so I had a chance to, to go through and found five different uh, media platforms out there from NFL Network, Pro Football Focus, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, and ESPN and looked at their draft grades. Now, recapping the Chiefs draft real fast. Seven players drafted in total, uh, which I would think the over-under when we joked was seven and a half. Yeah. So I was going to say, I thought it was going to be eight, uh, but they had 10 picks, walk away with seven players. Um, two on offense, five players on defense, a wide receiver, a tackle on the offensive side, and a little bit of everything on the defense. A defensive end, a safety, another defensive end, a defensive tackle, and a cornerback. Uh, Felix Andy Duguay Uzama from K-State being the first-round pick, and then Rasheed Rice, wide receiver at SMU, Wanya Morris, the tackle out of Oklahoma, Shamari Connor, the de- versatile mm-hmm. defensive back slash box safety slash wherever you want to put him from Virginia Tech. B.J. Thompson, the uber-athletic defensive end edge rusher from Stephen F. Austin, transferring over from Baylor. And then Keandre Coburn, the defensive tackle out of University of Texas. And then Nick Jones, the cornerback out of Ball State. All players at different points that we talked quite a bit about coming <laughs> up to the draft. So it's always fun. Like 400 players you can study, 150 players or 100 players, whatever it was at the Shrine Bowl, and we talked to about 25 of them, two of them get drafted yeah. by the Chiefs. So two of the seven, we had a chance to sit down and make sure you go check out the YouTube channel. Uh, scroll through all our videos. You can see exclusive one-on-one sit-downs with Keandre Coburn and BJ Thompson from Matt Lane, Craig Stout, and Kent Swanson when we were out at the East-West Shrine Bowl. And we had some great social content that Michaela Bennett had got for us as well. So make sure to check that out. But uh, let's run through these draft grades, Tucker. They're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and looking at them. And we mentioned it off the top that so much of the draft grades on these platforms has to do with the writer's personal feelings about these players going in. And so it's really just a, a further reflection of how they felt about these guys going in, not necessarily how they're going to pan out case in point, Patrick Mahomes getting a C minus grade uh, years ago, which um, I think probably ended up in that um, freezing cold takes book probably. that came out there. If not, it should have. Uh, but the other part of this that I think most people, Brett Coleman, Dane Brugler, a lot of those guys who cover the draft and do it very, very well, said that a lot of the reason when they're way off on a player, it's because of medical. It's because of information sure. that they couldn't have possibly had that wasn't made public, then unless you're the one doing the tests on them, that's not like that stuff gets leaked out. If it does, that's when lawyers get called. Right. You can't put right. that kind of information out there. So um, generally when things are way off, it's either a character thing or it's a medical thing. Uh, but let's go through these. We'll start with NFL Network, and it was uh, Chad Reuter from NFL Network who put these grades out, and they did a little differently by day one grade, day two grade, day three grade. And for day one, he gave the Kansas City Chiefs, this Chad Reuter from NFL Network, gave the day one grade to the Chiefs of a B-, minus. Okay. and since they only chose one player, at thirty-one at number 31 overall in K-State edge rusher Felix Andy Duque-Uzama, here is what... Chad Reuter had to say about him, Tucker, and I want to get your thoughts. Andy Duque-Uzama has the potential to be a good pass rusher, but the Chiefs might have found better value in other prospects. Rice could be a steal, and he goes into the rest, but you've got one sentence on Andy Duque-Uzama <laughs> with the B-, and then we'll go into the rest of what he had to say about the Chiefs after this, but 
thoughts on that growth, a B minus grade for Andy Duquesne. Yeah, I think it. I I think it made more sense. The 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 Felix pick made more sense as the drafts went on, right? You saw early on in day two. I think Maddie Lane and Ken Swanson and the, those guys during the live stream made this point. Shortly after Felix was picked, there was a run on edges. So like the the Chiefs knew that they had to get their guy. And Brett Veach really in this whole draft was on the front end of a lot of runs on positions. If you look at kind of how everything went with it, so I think that he knew that the a guy that they wanted. They went, they stayed pat. They they had him fall to him. They got him a guy who is uh, could be really a good pass rusher for this team who can develop and put him in Joe Cohen. And uh, this is what I like about the pick is he's not necessarily in the same role that George Karloftis was. Where you're talking like when George Karloftis was drafted, you think okay. He's gonna have to play some snaps. Like he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to have a pretty significant role in this defense. I don't really think Felix is necessarily pigeonholed into that that kind of pressure that that George had. So having him being able to be a little like a little less pressure, I think, will be good for him as well in the long run for uh, that selection. I think B minus is a is a pretty fair grade for that. All right, day two grade A minus. Mm. So moving up with the I believe the two picks uh, the Chiefs yep. made on Friday night, and that was wide receiver Rasheed Rice out of SMU. And then Wanya Morris, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Again, two players that uh, the guys at the Casey Lab guys, we call them the draft guys, but same same group. Same group. Same group. Yeah. Um, those guys uh, talked quite a bit about these guys and what Chad Reuter had to say. Uh, a couple sentences here about those. Bryce could be a steal as an immediate contributor in this short intermediate passing game, joining Kadarius Tony, whom they traded a third round pick for last fall. And Morris will be at least a valuable swing tackle for the next two years. I think. Looking at those two picks, Rasheed Rice is entering a group where the Chiefs wide receivers, there's a lot of competition. That's going to be a fun group to watch during camp, even with the guy like Richie James, Justin Ross, the darling of the Chiefs offseason, uh, see how he performs. But Wanya Morris and Lucas Niang battling for the right tackle is going to be the one that, that I'm excited to watch. We know Lucas Niang is going to get the first team reps to start. Mm-hmm. And what happens after two weeks of training camp, all throughout OTAs, he's going to Lucas Niang will probably, most likely, be out there first. That's kind of what Andy Reid has done in the past. And then it'll be like that throughout OTAs, and guys will start mixing in, and you'll hear reports of so-and-so's working with such-and-such teams, and it's all, mm. who's out there first? That's what's important, because then they start rotating everybody. Right. Uh, but I'm excited to see that Wanya Morris, Lucas Niang, but A-minus grade, makes sense to me. 100%. Another guy, when you talk about guys with a lot of potential, athletic guys with a lot of potential, um, that I think Brett Beach really did hit on here. You know, I think, I really think Maddie, Maddie Lane and I had a conversation about a Richie James comp. I think Dwayne Bowe's a pretty solid one uh, for Chiefs fans. Richie James catches the ball, catches the ball with his hands a little bit more than Dwayne Bowe does, which is a good trait to have. He can really sh- shrug off those defenders. So I'm excited to see the development of R- Richie James and or, or, yeah, Richie Rice, Richie James, Richie Rice, kind of similar names. Uh, I'm excited to see the development of Rice. I'll just call him Rice. So, uh, and then we'll see there. And Wanya Morris is a big dude, a guy who trains with Duke like almost every other Chiefs offensive lineman does. So it's nice to have a cut to a good common denominator there, a big guy that I think can come in and contribute right away. For sure. I'm going to react to a couple of comments coming in from the live stream here. Uh, Jordan Henry makes his comment. And I think this is an interesting discussion and two players that will be connected here for a long time. But Jordan Henry saying, Eagles taking Nolan Smith right before kind of stung. Um, I agree in a lot of ways just because he was projected to go so much higher and you think a player of that caliber is going to fall. I know the lab guy spent a lot of time talking about he's such a talent that they could just take him and figure out where he goes. 
but they spend so much talking about Spags kind of guys, and Nolan Smith did not fit. And with all of the rumors, at least from what I've seen, I could be wrong here, all of the rumors and all the things that I had seen, I never saw Nolan Smith really connected to the Chiefs. I talked about moving up. It was Mozzie Smith uh, where the rumors and the things that got reported. Don't even know how true a lot of those things were. Um, no, it came from Dallas's side right. um, that people wanted their guy, and they are like, no, we're keeping him. But it's interesting to me that no one really connected Nolan Smith. I know fans did because top 15-ish type prospect that started to fall. Um, but Nolan Smith and Felix Anduke Uzama, at least among Chiefs fans, in my opinion, are going to be connected for at least the next yeah. two or three years and people might forget down the road. But at least for the next two or three years, they're going to be looking to see how they perform uh, compared to one another. Uh, I can see Nolan Smith having a lot more opportunities just because that defense is yeah, stupid ducker. But it's another... Another comment here, and it's a good one. Uh, Jerome Bunkers, hey, BJ Tucker, when do draft gurus go back and see how close they were in previous draft years, say three or four years later, see how close Mel Kuyper um, and such to their original grade? Um, I know people do that for them, whether they go back into it themselves. People go back, um, and this isn't a cop-out because I'm not one of those people, so I can say this and I can understand it from uh, a step back, but so much of it depends on the situation you go into. For sure. Uh, the coaching that you go into, where you get played, um, and how you're utilized. You know, I always use the example, you know, years ago, I absolutely loved Deion Jordan. He was my number one player in that draft when they drafted Eric Fisher because I went to the Fiesta Bowl and I saw a 6'6", 240-pound edge rusher wreak havoc and then drop back as a nickel and play all yeah. over the field. I'm like, you can't find athletes like that. Just find a place for him. He gets drafted, drafted to Miami and they just make him a prototypical 4-3 DN. It's like, that is not the best way, in my opinion, to to utilize him now. NFL coaches know a whole lot more than we do about this, but for all the things that he was so good at, wasn't really rewarded. And then years later into his career, had some moments, had some seasons in Seattle, but never really panned out. So I always think about that uh, when it comes to how do these guys pan out down the road. Same with Patrick Mahomes. For sure. I think Patrick Mahomes would be a, a very, very good quarterback in the NFL regardless, but you can't tell me that he would be considered having the greatest start to probably any football player in NFL history had it not been for coming to Kansas City, learning from Alex Smith, who deserves a statue uh, for what he did, but coming to Andy Reid and just being in a perfect situation. Yeah, I do think I like it into nature versus nurture, right? Uh, when you talk about that in kind of psychology and stuff like that, it's kind of similar when it comes to uh, recruits and, and um, even, you know, be able to look at the college ranks, the high school recruits to college and even college to, to, the, to the pros. It depends on who they're with. But yeah, I uh, to your point kind of about when, when they go back to the previous mocks, you don't really see it a whole lot. Um, them going back to their mocks, but we will make sure uh, that that we know that we let them know about their previous mocks. Yeah, Clinton Petrie, I know his schedule has to be pleased. Got a K-Stater and a fellow VJ. It's true. And good draft. I'll get a lot of things right. But I did bring up BJ Thompson Saturday morning. He's one of the guys that uh, I think would be a perfect fit. Mold of clay. There's work to do there. But athletically, it's going to be fun to watch during camp. But those OLDL one-on-ones at camp, You'll find me watching BJ Thompson to see how he does against uh, NFL tackles. But all right, let's wrap up uh, Chad Reuter. Day three, grade four of the Chiefs. He gives the Chiefs an A for their final four picks. Yep. Again, that's Shamari Connor, BJ Thompson, Keandre Coburn, Nick Jones. I feel like that's going to be a consensus from a lot of people, um, at least the ones that I've seen. Uh, I know Daniel Jeremiah said that his favorite pick in the draft at that point after the Chiefs took Shamari Connor was Shamari Connor to the Chiefs. DJ oh, no. was very, very high on that pick. And I've Love B.J. Thompson and Keandre Coburn. Uh, spent a lot of time talking about Nick Jones. So 
if A there makes all the sense in the world, something Brett Veach has had some success drafting on Saturdays over the last couple of years. Yeah, he's found some pretty uh, pretty good diamonds in the rough there. And I think Keandre Coburn's a guy who can come in and play right away. He's a guy that can come in and be a rotational guy with Derek Cotty. So Derek Cotty doesn't have to be the run stuffer on every single drive. Um, I think that they have very similar skill sets that, you know, I, I, I think that they the lab guys are talking about uh, kind of the RAS scores. And Keandre Coburn had a five. Oh no, the nose tackle had a five RAS <laughs> score. Um, this is not a shocker there, but I mean, this day three draft too, they picked athletes. BJ Thompson uh, tested insanely well at the combine. Uh, you know, uh, Connor tested incredibly well. BJ Thompson, obviously, and then Nick Nick Jones as well. Another really good. Did athlete. he get a late invite? Um, I so remember he was one of the guys when we were at the Shrine Bowl that BJ Thompson hadn't had an invite. That's what Brett Coleman was talking about. Like, how can this? Might have just been his pro day. He, he tested yeah, really well. He may have been his pro day because unless he was a late invite, I remember that was kind of the discussion in watching BJ Thompson. Right? How can a six five, two hundred forty pounder moving the way that he does not get an invite to the combine? But uh, those are the the grades from Chad Reuter from NFL Network. We've got four more to go through, uh, and the next one from CBS Sports Pete Prisco. Uh, a little different. It's a little yeah. different take. wasn't uh, wasn't real high on it. We'll get on that, and we'll we'll react to that right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the KCSN Giraffe Show. Only have a couple of these left, Tuck. Yeah. Not very many. Well, I, listen, there's one coming up. We'll tease it. Uh, right. There's one coming up that I think people will really enjoy. A draft show. Are you going to tease it? That wasn't... That's the tease right there. When is it coming out? Wednesday morning. Coming out Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Coming out Wednesday morning. Take a look. It's going to be with Eric Galco. A guy that you are all familiar with. I'm sure you listen to the KCS and Draft Show. You got like eight guys that 
We're at the Shrine Bowl that are going to be on the Chiefs. signed a ton of them. I think like six UDFAs or something like that. They drafted three more uh, Shrine guys. So going to have the director of the Shrine Bowl. Yeah, nine guys. So I'm going to have the director of that All-Star game on the podcast talking about those guys he scouted. He has been uh, a crucial part of them getting to where they're at. So, uh, yeah, very excited for that. All right, let's move on. It's for people who might get a little grumpy. So if you're a Chiefs fan and you don't like negative things being said about your draft, um, look away. Don't listen. Skip through this part. Uh, but Pete Prisco, throughout his time, has always been kind of a, a doubter yeah, to the Chiefs. I think there's scales of it. Will Compton being one extreme, just absolutely despises the Chiefs. Uh, and then you've got Nick Wright on the other side, which to his credit means from Kansas City. This complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Pete Prisco leans towards the Will Compton uh, and has throughout the years. Uh, but he gives the Chiefs a C-minus grade uh, for their 2023 NFL draft. Uh, here's what he had to say. Broke into three different sections. His best pick, he has a second-round receiver. Rasheed Rice is a big-bodied receiver who doesn't have blazing speed, but he can help try and fill that void that Juju Smith-Schuster left when he departed in free agency. I think they had better choices on the board when they picked Rice. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, as far as it doesn't have blazing, blazing speed, because I think his 10-yard split was like one of the best. One seven or something. It was very, very good. Uh, his athletic numbers were very, very good. Uh, I know our guys on the lab and on the live shows were talking about the separation created. What His athleticism and then the separation numbers didn't really jive. And so maybe it's a route running, maybe it's a technique thing, maybe it's a development thing. Uh, they can get better at the NFL level. The fact that Patrick Mahomes did work out with him down in Texas during all those workouts that Pictures of Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnson get tagged and talked about all over the place, but nobody had mentioned Rasheed Rice that I had seen uh, at that time. But I do think it's interesting that um, Pete Prisco mentions Rasheed Rice as his best pick Mm -hmm. uh, based on a lot of the feedback that we had seen from a lot of different people. Uh, Worst pick, first-round pass rusher Felix Anaduke Uzama fills a need, but his tape wasn't as impressive as I expected. Uh, that's coming again from Pete Prisco. He did play reduced to an interior alignment too much at Kansas State, which he won't have to do for the Chiefs, which he thinks will help him. Uh, agree. I know that's one of the things that the lab guy said, that uh, the K-State runs at 3-3-5 uh, and put him in positions where he's not necessarily out on the edge, um, mm-hmm. wide, kind of rushing the quarterback. Uh, it's kind of inside and kind of getting it from all angles there. But um, a little interesting that uh, has him as his worst pick. Yeah, I did think that his... Um description of the best pick i think there's a sentence in there that kind of was like he's this is his best pick but there's also a lot of better guys on the board that i thought they could have taken um is a is an interesting comment there but yeah looking at rasheed rice's uh 10 yard split 1.5 um so in the first 10 yards he's running that at 1.5 seconds so a guy that has incredible get off very explosive ran a four five 40 yard dash nine at five three ras score um He's athletic. I mean, again, we talk about it. Same thing with uh, with the rest score of a lot of these other guys with Gander Coburn, obviously excluded. Uh, very good athletes, very moldable pieces of clay that Steve Spagnuolo and guys that I think are going to be good for depth and good for years to come and in development and stuff like that. So very excited about that. But I don't know about that. The, the grade of a C is a little, uh, a little pessimistic probably. It, I don't. It's hard to, to grade drafts when you're drafting at the end of every round right um and you just gotta gotta take what's with you but grab each traded up with some conviction to take rasheed rice um yeah i i don't necessarily agree with a c i don't think i, I don't think i'm there 
yeah, I'm looking through it right now. I can't rank them out, but yeah, I see his 10 yard split from the combine at 149. Mm. And I don't see Trey Tucker was 148. Now, a kid out of Cincinnati. And I don't see any other wide receivers that are faster just scrolling through here real fast. So Josh Downs was 149 as well. Tank Dell. Okay. Darius Davis from TCU was 146. Tank Dell was 149. So when people are talking about Tank Dell being this explosive, tiny little receiver, she rice had the same 10 yard split He's explosive. Uh, and 200 pounds. So a little bit different of an athlete there. Again, Tank Dell weighs about 155, 160. That was just a smaller dude. Yeah. Um, and it goes to talk about the explosion. So again, in talking about uh, Pete Prisco saying not an explosive player, interesting. I will say that uh, his third segment is probably the, the part that Chiefs fans get on board with. It says, the skinny. It's hard to doubt this organization, but I didn't love this draft. I think they left meat on the bone. I think there were better options when they picked the positions they did. And after what they did in last year's drafts, pinging them is tough. This wasn't a wow draft, yet with Patrick Mahomes, they really de- don't need any of those more that doesn't turn out to have the fourth most snaps played by rookies for the second year in a row for a team that went to the super bowl i think they'll still be okay yeah they will be fine and and tyler smith this comment here uh he brings up uh, pete prisco last year said that carl loftus was the best pick and leo chanel was the worst gave it a draft grade of an a um but a very interesting uh, grade there but you're right this draft class doesn't have the same pressure i think that even last year's draft class had or the year before's draft class had there's this draft class really is, as it went along, we saw athletes, we saw picks for depth, and I think that sometimes in grades don't reflect that. I think sometimes draft grades, they look at, okay, what is what do you, what will you do for me right now? And not will you, what will you do for me in you know, three years. So. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to pro football focus. Uh, we've already gone through NFL Network. We just finished up with CBS Sports. Now we're at pro football focus. They give the Chiefs a B- minus overall draft grade with adding their seven players. And here's what they had to say about day one. Anudike Uzama produced PFF grades of 74.0 or better in each of the past two seasons as one of the best edge benders in this draft class. He was one of the most successful players in college football at converting pressures into sacks with 21 of his 89 pressures over the past two seasons resulting in a sack. Yeah, I mean, he was... Very productive at Kansas State. Very productive playing in an unconventional defense we had talked about. But uh, what I think is interesting, you talk about PFF, you like to think about the advanced numbers. I think there's a bit of recent uh, trend in like trying to grade even trades and see how, how mm-hmm. what people give up for trades in, in terms of uh, the draft capital. Hard hard to really talk about value after a player's been picked, right? Because they're picked, they're on your team, what's the value anymore? Um, I, I think Joe... Joe Hefner on our Joseph Hefner on our Substack wrote a really good article, and he created his own trade calculator app that you could go in and, and assess the values of everything. Uh, he wrote a very good article, so make sure you go and read that. But I think what's really interesting is uh, you talk about sometimes. I think when you talk about Felix, some people bring up the reach aspect of it, or maybe Brett Beach reached for Rasheed Rice or some of these other picks. I think you saw, kind of saw a lot of that, a lot of reaching in air quotes. I think it's kind of funny because the reach is like according to the media, right? right? So it like doesn't... It's always the most interesting part of the draft. Yeah, it's but like this is... That was way too high. I'm like, shouldn't we go off of what teams did? Right. Yes, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of funny, but to look at it, there were a lot of teams on, you know, the most... This is most valuable trade chart, okay? Who, yeah. who had the most valuable draft class based on 
DCOE, which is draft capital over expectation. Listen, you're probably familiar with yards over expectation. It's the same thing, but just with draft capital. A negative uh, is good because that means you've got guys at spots that you needed to, that you that weren't expected to be there. Maybe like a Nolan Smith. Angles were one of the best teams at, at that. So they just took fell from the Giants were the best team. The Chiefs, on the other hand, were the worst team with a 2.4 drafting over expected. I know I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because you see about it looks like half of the NFL is in the positives in this over expecting because the second round of this draft is Matt Lane and everybody talked about how it kind of uh, teams were going out for their players that they wanted to. So um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but I know it's something that you know we talk about PFF and their draft grade, their draft grade. I'm sure they're taking into account all the analytics side of that as well. That's all they're taking into consideration. Yeah, probably. They got the numbers. Then so they go off the, off of otherwise, it'd be kind of strange. You know, it would be. Yeah, numbers say one thing. We're gonna go over here for whatever reason. They have to back it up through the numbers. Um, all right, so move on to day two and what they had to say. And please hit that like and subscribe button uh, if you were watching and mainly the subscribe. Turn on notifications. We have a lot of content. We'll continue breaking this down. We'll talk about the UDFAs. Uh, we get later into the week. We'll have some special guests. We'll have some cool stuff here on the channel, and we put out a lot of content during draft that so much you probably couldn't consume all of it again go on our youtube channel check out those videos check out that playlist with our draft content everything from highlights to one-on-one sit-downs to live reactions uh to interviews the whole thing there's a lot of content to get you caught up in and you know more familiar uh with these new guys on the chiefs but uh here is what pro football focus had to say about day two for the chiefs the chiefs add another wide receiver to their committee with a Target Magnet and Rice, who was asked to do everything at SMU. Rice was top 10 in the country in both deep catches and screen catches in 2022, earning an 85.9 receiving grade on the season with his 16 contested catches, another top 10 mark in the nation. Rice's 41-inch vertical was 97th percentile, and his 10-foot-8 broad jump was 89th. So we'll, we'll start with Rishi Rice because there's a lot there, so really good numbers. Uh, talking about his, we talked about his explosion earlier. Now we're talking about contested catches. That's where it's that interesting debate of he's a great athlete. He's making contested catches. Should those two things be aligned? Should he have some more separation because he's such a great athlete and not have to make so many contested catches? Yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, you talk about well, the what the stat that stood out to me the most was the screen catches one. Yeah, because Andy Reid, you know, likes to use those screen passes, and you see the highlights that we've run over and over about him. Uh, and you can go watch those on the YouTube channel as well. There's a few plays of him catching the ball and just getting vertical. Like he goes north and south, he, he can run over some guys. So those are some really, really interesting grades uh, when you're talking about those from PFF. All right. And the other thing I'll mention, I know the guys talked about it. I've talked about it um, over the years with any receiver added to this system, always going to give the benefit of the doubt to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, especially sure. a player that went and worked out with these guys. I don't know how much they got into how they run the Chiefs offense and the types of things that they do as opposed to just go run this route and he's going to throw you the ball. But that's not how it is when they get to games with the Chiefs. And we've talked about, you know, how much mentally is put on receivers in this Chiefs offense and in the Andy Reid system. And not that every NFL team doesn't have option routes for their players, but not every wide receiver that's available in the draft that's very skilled could mentally understand the Chiefs offense and thrive in this kind of system. So any player that they take they obviously feel comfortable enough to they put him on a board. They did a top 30 visit with him, put him on a board. He understands football because when those guys line up, they don't know what route they're running until they read the leverage of where the safety, the corner, the linebacker, they have to know where they're going. They have rules for everything that they're going to see. 
And so mentally, there's just a lot more put on those guys than normal, which is the reason you brought up Joseph Hefner earlier, did a great article um, on our Substack a few weeks ago about rookie wide receivers in Andy Reid's system. And that if you're expecting any receiver to go out and get more than six, 700 yards receiving, that's a tall ask and not something you normally see. I know McCole Hartman had some yards. A lot of that was jet sweeps, things around the line of scrimmage wasn't reading defenses and getting down the field and making a lot of plays. It takes a couple of years for these guys to get comfortable because it's so different than what they did in college. But Tuck, let's move on to the Wanya Morris uh, pick. He said this may be a bit early to draft Morris, who has a concerning track record due to injuries and a lack of starting experience. Never played more than 643 snaps in a season, but the Chiefs are betting on his tools. The former five-star recruit has long arms and uses that length to his advantage. I'm going to wipe all of that out and trust Duke. Man, I tell Duke. Duke's like he has tremendous upside, phenomenal athlete, and is thrilled with the pick. And the fact that the center, the right guard, and potentially the right tackle all train with the same guy. They all seem to be buddies at some level. Um, it's a great thing. They'll have a relationship, too. I mean, he played with, with Trey Smith at, at Tennessee, and he went to Oklahoma. I'm sure Cree knows about him if he went to Oklahoma. I don't think they ever played together. They have a cross pass, but uh, no, very good to have those relationships there. And as you said, Duke's the guy. Duke is the guy. If you want to know, if you yeah. want to know about offensive line, he's the guy. All right, let's move on to what Pro Football Focus had to say about the Chiefs' day three picks. Again, they gave a B minus grade overall. Here's what they had to say about uh, day three. It's quite a bit here, so I'm just going to read through it. Yep. Um, Connor is a strong. It's talking about Shamari Connor is a strong safety slot hybrid. Who's a four year starter at Virginia Tech. He has the size and length to cover tight ends, but misses too many tackles in the pass and run game. More than anything, this pick represents Steve Spagnuolo's preference for versatile safeties as he tries to find a replacement for Juan Thornhill. Thompson is a former Baylor recruit who was dominant at Stephen F. Austin this past season. His 92.5 true pass rush grade in 2022 is near the top of the class. He is lacking in the run game and the level of competition is a concern. Kansas City is banking on his pass rush ability at 6'6 to contribute to its suddenly loaded edge group. I always like when they like really pick apart a fifth round pick saying, well, if he could do this, this, and this, if he could do all those things, he's top he, 10 pick, right? Like his athletic profile. He's, if he could do all of these things really, really well, uh, he would not have been available to the chiefs, even at 30. Uh, then Keandre Coburn, the 336 pound Coburn joins a group that will compete for snaps in the run stuffing DT role alongside Chris Jones and Kansas city's defensive line. Coburn produced a decent grading profile as a run defender throughout his Texas career, but comfortably had his best season as a pass rusher in 2022 with 31 pressures and a 79.3 PFF pass rush grade. And then Nick Jones, uh, the final pick was solid in 2022, producing a 68.7 PFF grade. On the field for 390 coverage snaps, he allowed just 44.1% of the passes thrown in his coverage area to be caught last season. It's pretty good. That's pretty Not good. bad for a seventh round pick. Not bad at all. Yeah, you talk about these day three picks. There's obviously going to be some holes in their game, but things that can, can be addressed, can be taught with the right coaching. I really like the uh, the Coburn pick there. Uh, you talk about him as a run stuffer. I believe he said that. Uh, he said that Creed Humphrey told him that he was a good player, and that's probably come a lot coming from Creed Humphrey uh, when they faced off at Texas Oklahoma games and probably went back and forth a little bit. But yeah, uh, day three class really really enjoyed them. It seems like that's a consensus from the the ones that we've already read is that a lot of the experts, the draft experts, and the ones that we've read, the grades really love the day three class. Absolutely, we're gonna get to the final two from Fox Sports and ESPN right after this quick break. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. 
Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back. BJ Kissel hanging out with Tucker Franklin. Appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. Please hit the like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, please hit that follow button um, and tell a friend about KC Sports Network. We appreciate everything. We actually ranked us all this morning. We were ranked as high as number 31 uh, football podcast in the world following the draft. Uh, pretty impressive for a company that had been around for not even two years. Our two-year anniversary is actually on Thursday. So it'll be our birthday. Everybody listening, well, KCSN turns two on Thursday, May 4th. All right, Tucker, let's get to Fox Sports grades yep. uh, for grade for the Kansas City Chiefs. They gave the Chiefs a C. Okay. Overall, um, not a lot of analysis here, but here, here's what they said. Felix Andy Duque Uzama was a good grab for the Chiefs at the top of the draft. Replacing Frank Clark should be on the top of the priority list. And the 2022 Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year was a productive pass rusher at K-State with 19 and a half sacks and eight forced fumbles across the last two seasons. Rasheed Rice seems like a reach in the second round, but it's important for Kansas City to address the receiver position as long as Patrick Mahomes is around. Signed, Arthur. Arthur. Thanks, Arthur. Um, appreciate that. Uh, no, I. it's fair. I think all those are fair points to say. Uh, they, listen, the Chiefs had three positions of need coming into that, really, that you talked about, and they addressed them in the first three positions. So you can't really be too upset with it. C is probably, I know that's, that's probably a Maddie Lane grade, a little bit harsher than usual, but uh, I do think that, you know, I think it's fair. I, I can see people's thought process to a C. Yeah, it's it. it it's, I, they talked about it on the live show, too. The way that picks 20 to 30 happened, yeah. it could not have, like they said, it could not have gone worse. We don't know what the Chiefs were actually thinking, what they actually wanted. There was the talk about Mozzie Smith and moving up, which I do think is interesting because, like, they wouldn't address that position anytime soon after that doesn't mean that they didn't really, really like him as a player, just had, you know, one of their guys. Um, but I really do think a lot of the the initial reaction of Felix not being, uh, people not being excited as they were is because of how the last 10 picks went before that. And yeah. just feel like you had a bunch of guys and then a lot of them started to go. And if you would have told me before the draft that Felix was the guy, I was going to be happy anyway. Um, I've watched a lot of him. He was getting a lot more attention last year. He had a huge sophomore year and came back last year and backed it up. He had a lot of attention, a lot of eyes on him. Very confident player. And I love the fact after talking with Derek Young, I uh, used to talk with Felix Andy Duque. And if anybody listening wants a little bit more perspective on Felix Andy Duque Uzama, go back and uh, find the podcast from a couple of days ago. I had a chance to talk with K-State Online and Three Mile Host. And Three Mile is our very popular K-State podcast um, where Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, and John Kurtz do a phenomenal job, uh, but Derek Young has covered Felix Andy Duque Uzama since he was a sophomore in high school, and DY was telling the stories of how, I mean, Felix, Felix King Felix, we'll just say, uh, was 198 pounds three years ago, uh, and he worked his tail off, and he said he's, in DY saying, this kid's never going to be complacent. He's had to work for everything he's ever gotten. Yeah. It's not just this God gift of football, and he was just given all these things. Uh, gives me some more confidence about it. I understand why a lot of people are grading down on it. I understand why the initial reaction from Chiefs fans was a little bummed just because you felt like, hey, these guys that we all thought were in the top 15 right. might actually fall to us. Uh, and receivers are always fun because the highlights and mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs got a phenomenal pick, uh, a great player, Kansas City kid, obviously, not complacent, and fills a need. And again, now we have two starting defensive ends on rookie deals yeah. through the heart of Patrick Mahomes' prime, which from a financial standpoint is 
chef's kiss. Yes, it's a blessing. It's certainly uh, one of those guys that really checks all of the Chiefs boxes, you know, when it comes to football character guy. I do think that the re- initial reaction to your point was not about the player, and it was it was not about the player. It kind of that those those picks coming off the board were a little disappointing. But listen, if I was the rest of the NFL, I wouldn't want them to trade up either. I mean, I wouldn't want them to try to go over get any of those guys. So it makes sense why if they did try to trade up and no one would let them. Yeah, I don't expect that, especially those guys back in the those twenties, those late twenties rounds. Chiefs probably beat those teams, and they're trying to trade up with them. So, uh, yeah, I. I Excited to see what what Felix can do this year. I think it was interesting they traded up. I believe with the Bengals. Yes, later later in the draft. Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. like the fact that those two teams work together <laughs> um, after what happened with uh, uh, the defensive back, Chris Lamons. Chris Lamons. Lamons. Wait, you guys love to tomato tomorrow. All right, let's move on again. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. Let us know in the comment section what grade you give. Uh, this Chiefs draft. And again, if you're listening to the podcast audio after the fact and you like this show or all of the other shows, you like what we did over the draft, please give us that five-star review. It actually does matter and it does reach more people. Um, Just like the like and subscribes and the reviews, all of that matters to growing uh, this platform and hopefully uh, reaching more people. We can continue to do more cool stuff. All right, final grades to react to is from ESPN. They give the Chiefs a B. Okay, solid B. Here's what they had to say. In my eyes, the Super Bowl champs had to add at least two of these three positions with their top two picks, edge rusher, tight end, and wide receiver. And while I thought they could use their first rounder on Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, or Luke Musgrave as a promising tight end two to back up Travis Kelsey, they opted for a raw pass rusher, Felix Andy Duque Uzama, who had 19 and a half sacks over the past two seasons. It's a solid, if unspectacular, move to replenish the D-line after Frank Clark was released. Frank could always come back. That's true. Just putting that out there. Derek McKinnon did. Huh. But yeah, not I, I had to pause when I saw Sam Laforta at 31. Yeah. That that one caught me a little off, but Luke Mus- Musgrave went really went higher than kind of projected. Michael Mayer was going to go high. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think anyone is going to be super surprised if the Chiefs did end up taking a tight end, but they've got four in that room that they like. Yep. So they didn't need to reach for one. Um, but that that counts it for, I believe, five seasons in a row now that I've expected them to draft a tight end high, and they have <laughs> yeah. not done it. So. Right. They didn't draft that in at all. Um, so apparently they feel comfortable with what, what that position what that position group has. Uh, very interesting, because if you would have if you would have given me the choice, if I was turning in the pick, I think I probably would have went Michael Mayer. And I think we kind of knew at the time that Michael Mayer wasn't going to be the selection when they showed the Chiefs draft room and the tight end coach had his hands up on his head, uh, leaning back in his yeah. chair. So... Um, no, that's it, it's uh, interesting to. I, I think it be a fair grade on that one, but they did have some options at the board. But as you mentioned, and you know, uh, while Yoder asks this question, if Felix yeah. and Nolan Smith are there at 31, who do you think the Chiefs take? I honestly think they still take Felix, uh, just because of how the Spags type is, because you mentioned earlier in the yeah. show. Um, that's gonna surprise a lot of people. He's yeah, a much smaller player than Spags has ever had at defensive end. He's never had a defensive end in his scheme fit that way now. This is the same kind of conversation that was made about Vaughn Miller and the Denver Broncos when Vaughn Miller was coming out and ended up being, I believe, the number four overall pick is that he doesn't really fit their defense, but they're going to figure out a way with a talent like that. Uh, I think it's an interesting discussion. I don't know if we would get that answer from Brett Veach if he was asked right now, uh, and he'd probably he'd just say Felix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy he ended yeah. up with. Um, but that was a discussion that we talked about leading into the draft and a player like Nolan Smith, who was brought up with a guy like Will McDonald. Um, who didn't necessarily fit the height, weight, length requirements or check 
you know, boxes to check for the guys that have played defensive end for Steve Spagnolo. Right. Again, Nolan Smith might just be one of those guys where you just figure it out after the fact because he's such a talent. And we know that Joe Golan was at Georgia for their pro day. He helped run the pro day events for the defensive line. Jalen Carter, obviously, they had a lot. They had a listen. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. They had a lot of defensive <laughs> players at the for the pro day, and uh, we know that you know they probably had interest in Jalen Carter too when they heard him falling. But you know, still goes top. There's a lot of dudes there to check out. There are, there are. So you can't read into it. Uh, too much, but you're right. I mean, he doesn't really fit that Spags type that Matty has kind of uh, dubbed and kind of found out how all these uh, edge rushers are for. So uh, I know that my edge might shock some people, and I know I've seen some comments that say that they would pick Smith. Smith, it, you know, is the better, probably the the higher floor, but I think the ceiling is probably for for Felix is, is up there, and if he can get developed and get in the right system, I'm excited to see what he can do, honestly. Yeah, and he's a prototypical, like, He's going to start. I don't think Nolan Smith would not have been a starting defensive end yeah. uh, in almost all situations. He'd be a situational player that you move around and do different things with. It would just allow you to get more creative in a lot of ways, but it's already creative enough. He brings blitzes from all over the place. They got Shamari Connor to kind of be that blitzing um, safety guy that you can move around, similar to the way that they've moved around Legereus Steed. And we've seen different guys, Tyron Matthew, different guys throughout you know his time. Steve Spagnuolo is going to send everybody from everywhere. And so that's where, for me, it's like maybe they would have tried with Nolan Smith, but it would have been kind of a deviation from the way that they've run their defense and the types of players they've brought in. And so it's just going to be one of those things we're never really going to know how that would have panned out, but that's not going to stop anybody from comparing those players yeah. uh, for the next several years. So that'll be an interesting thing. I do love the fact that, again, Felix Andy Duque-Zama like just turned 21 years old. He, again, 198 pounds three years ago, which I don't see as a negative because he completely transformed his body, worked his tail off, and you heard, if you watched the video of the call when he got drafted, right at the very end, and made a comment to Steve Spagnuolo, was like, I told you I was going to be the best guy in this, the best edge rusher in this draft. Mm. And so you've got, again, a motivated player. I don't know how much it matters uh, on the field. Once they step out there, they're all professionals, but yeah. you're up in Kansas city. This is his team. He's going to be comfortably surrounded by a support system. I think he has every reason, every uh, opportunity to go out there and absolutely kill it for a team. And again, if he pans out, George Karloftis continues to develop what the chiefs will be able to do in free agency <clears throat> over the next couple of years. Cause they're not spending a huge percentage of their cap or their cash on edge rushers or cornerbacks two of the most expensive positions outside of quarterback, which they're about Patrick Mahomes deal. Not to, what a bargain. Yeah. Not to change the whole thing, but I think he's like the seventh highest paid quarterback. Now he's going to get re-upped sometime in the next couple of years. He's going to get some more money. Uh, but that deal is absolutely looking to be a phenomenal thing for the chiefs. And what this draft does for me in the positions they acquired uh, last year with Carl just the corners. And then Felix this year runs it free agency could be a lot more fun. Over the next couple of years, they're going to have some money that they can spend. We talked about this kind of in free agency this year that we kind of expected the Chiefs to go offensively on free agency and the defense of the draft. They did go heavy defense of the draft, and they also went heavy defense on the free agency, so they're really uh, re-upping that defense. One quick note on Nolan Smith before we move on. One of the lower fits in the KCSN draft guy when it comes to just Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, he's only 6'2 and 2'8. Uh, you're talking about 236, 238, and a 32-inch arm. So, like, doesn't hit any of the criteria for Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, one of the lower fits that they've, I think, ever had is, uh, for for a guy. So You know what just popped in? I want to look up his height and weight. You know what he kind of reminds me of is Hassan Reddick. 
Ooh. a player that the Chiefs looked at years ago. Yeah. Hassan Reddick was a player that could move around. He could come off the edge, kind of play that, that rush Sam role that, that Von Miller played when he first got to Denver, mm-hmm. uh, where he wasn't just a prototypical defensive end where he lined up. Hassan Reddick is listed at 6'1", 240. So about the same size and usage of a player like Nolan Smith. And again, you get a talent like that. You figure out a way to use them. Uh, but do you want to change your defense and talk about the value? How many snaps can a player like that get on your defense if he's not going to play in some of those base rush downs? Because it's not the way that you're set up. Yeah. And we will never know. But it's a fun thing to talk about. Talk, let's get your final thoughts. We wrap up the show again. We appreciate everybody for hanging out with us uh, here on this random Tuesday, or excuse me, Monday afternoon. We're going to put the audio up on Tuesday morning of the show, but I uh, appreciate everybody for hanging out. Yeah, I do think the Chiefs draft was uh, really a draft for depth. And listen, you can't have every all pros at every position. you got to have guys to fill out the roster. got to have depth. You can get all pros at every position. <laughs> you saw my face. I was like, you can. You can. It costs you a whole lot of money to do that. But uh, I do think it's uh, – it's very cool just to see uh, new players come to the team and the draft is, is always a really special time. And I love to see uh, the players be so excited to be in the city, the, the, the team that they, they got drafted. And I, I think that the salt B for the Chiefs draft, I think it got better, it got stronger as the, as the, as the days went on. And Brevich is very strong at drafting in day three. And I think he really hit day three out of the park, which really raised his grade. Yeah. We talk about Felix and what he's going to be able to do with Joe Cullen, who just in his one year, was able to take the Chiefs. Now, granted, uh, it was more pass rush focus for him than it was necessarily the run game. That was what it was with Brendan Daly the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Daly doing the run fits, the run game stuff. That was a focus. They bring Joe Cullen. It's more pass rush focused. They went from 29th in the league to sacks to like top five in the league. You only get 55 sacks as a team last year. You saw guys like Chris Jones have the best year of their career. Colin Saunders had the best year of his career. Turk Wharton, Mike Dana, all these guys developed. Now you've got two young guys. You've got your first-round pick in Felix, and you've got B.J. Thompson that you can work with yeah. as an athletic talent uh, to try and develop. So a lot of uh, a lot of eyes going to be on Joe Cullen in the Chiefs' defensive line room. So I talked about it, saw some comments about Frank Clark. Would love to get a player like Frank Clark back uh, as just another veteran mentor for these young pass rushers in that room. Not sure how the contracts will work. Not sure where he's at, um, but no from the, the things that, Went public that he said about his relationship with Andy Reid. Would love to see Frank back mentoring those guys. But anyway, thanks everybody for hanging out uh, with us. If you were watching live, appreciate it. If you were watching to the podcast after the fact, we've got plenty more coming uh, here at KC Sports Network. Not quite at the level that it's been the last couple of weeks where we were just getting after it with two or three shows a day on the Chiefs channel. But uh, even if you're not, uh, or Obviously, you're a Chiefs fan, but if you like the other Kansas City sports, we've got channels for those too. So make sure you can go on your favorite podcast podcast platform, search KCSN. You can find our content on the red hot KC Current. Yes. Winning what, three in a row? Four in a row now. Two league games in a row. They won one of the Challenge Cup game, which is, I don't know, midseason tournament. But they, went, they, they won, won three games in a row. Yes. They won. Then you got our Royals coverage, got KU, K-State, Mizzou, We've got you covered. We've got our sports betting show with Benny Heisler. Got the storytelling channel with Marlia Campbell. Appreciate everybody that made it down and really put Kansas City on the map. Yeah. Uh, and I think it represented everything we saw at the NFL draft. I saw so many positive things uh, said about uh, those things I saw on Twitter and people that we've talked to that we know that yeah. came in town uh, for this draft. Had nothing but positive things about say about Kansas City. So a lot of pride uh, for all of us um, you know, that are from here, live here, 
uh, with people coming into our town and saying such positive things and uh, shout out to Kathy Nelson, Greg Graves, Mark Donovan, everybody who was a part of uh, bringing the share, Quentin Lucas, uh, bringing the draft here. Uh, phenomenal job. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.